keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everyone, to... Oh, I almost did the uh, the, the wrong intro there. I, I, Dan isn't here. I've stolen Dan's gimmick. I was about to do something in sports entertainment with intro. Let me let me try this one again. Welcome to Wrestle Roasts. I'm your host, Robert Karpolis. Uh Dan, who dropped an episode earlier this week, is on the road right now in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee, uh, paying homage to our Lord and Savior, Conrad Thompson. Uh, I am going to be joined on this episode by Scott and a special guest, uh, Mike Lawrence, the uh, the Terry Funk of the Wrestle Roast retirement community. And more importantly, starting the show off, I'm here with Zach. Zach, how are you? You know, I'm doing pretty good, Robert. Thank you. That was enough of you. All right. We'll hear from you again at the end of the show. Uh, we'll do some some housekeeping. Uh, Dan dropped a bonus episode of Wrestle Roast because... Uh, he, you know, he wasn't going to be able to leave you guys be. Uh, he, he wanted you to know all of his thoughts about what was going on with, with Vince McMahon. Uh, he was joined by Nick Houseman of uh, Wrestling, <coughs> excuse me, and they uh, they had a nice chat earlier this week. You're gonna, I'm going to apologize. I'm, I got a little bit of a, uh, a cold, so if there's coughs intermittent through here, I will try my best to hit the cough button, but kind of like Bruce Pritchard, eventually i'm just not going to give a shit anymore and they're just going to fly so be prepared uh but you know real slow news week here uh in the in the wrestle roast world so not sure how we're going to fill the time uh oh that's right the curse of recording a wrestle roast episode early once again struck as myself scott and dan all got together early last week we got together after dynamite to record the roast of the Godfather, which is up now. Great episode. Talked about Godfather. Talked about uh, last week's Dynamite. Just uh, a lot of back and forths. And uh, I left for my my vacation on Thursday. And as I'm pulling up to beautiful Orlando, Florida, not a total cesspool of of traffic jams and just so many people from Wisconsin. Um, my phone starts exploding. I have no idea what's going on. I'm driving, got the family in the car, trying to do the the responsible thing, not doing the texting and driving. About 10 minutes away from the resort, I just peek down, and it is an avalanche of messages about the fact that Vincent Kennedy McMahon has announced his retirement. Uh, why did he do it? To spite us, because we did an episode early. So this is what we get for recording an episode, even a day in advance, biggest story in the history of professional wrestling winds up landing. Uh, we, we, uh, we did a Patreon episode last week. If you were not a Patreon member, we went back and answered fan questions. We recorded that one Wednesday night as well. So that's why there's no mention of Vince McMahon. It's sort of like if you recorded the podcast September 10th, 2001, 
And then we dropped it on September 12, 2001. And it was all just upbeat, chipper, like, hey, what a great day here. And you're wondering what the hell's going on. A little peek behind the curtain, that's what's going on. But what we got going on here for you, uh, for the for the Patreon this weekend, myself, Scott, and Dan are going to be watching SummerSlam 2002, a hell of a show. It's hard to believe that it was 20 years ago, uh, SummerSlam 02, monumental show. We're going to have a blast talking about that. But we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about for you here today on uh, on wrestlers i will also plug on the something to sports entertainment with here uh because i was traveling my normal raw recap got pushed into dan's uh free uh episode that that dropped earlier this week i will be back this weekend for something to sports entertainment with talking smackdown talking rampage uh getting excited for SummerSlam. this is a a hell of a time to be a professional wrestling fan and more importantly we are now joined by the man the myth, the legend, Scott Chaplin. Scott, how are you? What's up, buddy? I didn't know you were recording yet. I thought I thought either you were practicing, and I was like, God damn, one, he's practicing. That's insane. And two, he's knocking it out of the fucking park. Um, so we're recording. Hey, what's up? Yeah, no, we're not professional enough to practice. <laughs> I, I had to get through all the Dan bullshit at the top. The whole, hey, we got the best Patreon in wrestling history. <laughs> uh that was a that's a terrible dan impression but you know whatever <laughs> screw him he's busy yeah, he, uh roasting dan, flair dan's intro uh they sound like trying to start a car and then you think you got it you think you got it and then you don't and then the show begins that's that's dan's uh intros that's fair uh before we get into uh the insane week of wrestling how are you doing i'm great man i'm i'm i, I i'm doing the opposite of a lot of people in wrestling i I'm got, having a bit of a Triple H. I'm having a similar week to Triple H. I mean, not as good, obviously, but I'm definitely feeling good. That's and awesome. he has to be feeling good. Yeah, and this so, is yeah. this is ultimate vindication for Hunter for like the next three, four weeks until something else happens. Oh, oh, brother, and you know they're replacing them, but we'll get to it. But that has to happen eventually too, right? We're we're gonna get to all of it. <laughs> all what, right. what we got what we got here on the show today for for you fine folks. Uh, for the forbidden dorks here at Wrestle Roast, uh, premium current events. Pretty sure you can take a guess what that one's going to be. Uh, we're going to do Dynamite or Dud. We're going to do a little bit of SummerSlam predictions since uh, that is a uh, it was a big show that became a lackluster show that now may be the most important show in WWE history. Uh, and then we'll do high spots, low spots to uh, to wrap this sucker up. But yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Last Thursday uh, afternoon, Vince McMahon tweeted uh, that he will be retiring uh, effective immediately. Vince stepped down and Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan became co-CEOs of the WWE. Uh, This was uh, accompanied by news that Triple H was going to be the executive vice president of talent relations and then the, uh, the head of creative. So somebody found a monkey's paw and went wild last weekend. Uh, is this like is this like the craziest week of of wrestling probably since Vince bought WCW? Yeah, I mean there were there was another crazy one, but we bring it up too much on this podcast. A, po- a positive crazy <laughs> one, not a uh, not a black yeah. cloud on the industry. Well, man, when when Vince tweeted that on Friday. That's like, like, uh, I mean, this has never happened to me, but I'm assuming it's, it's kind of like if, if you shit yourself at a party, 
the way he that it was such a oh, I'm gonna retire. See you guys later. It's like wait what? Wait, it was so quick and so out of the room. Uh, the fact that we knew he wasn't gonna be on SmackDown later that night. It was like uh oh, here comes a storm. Oh, it was it was a hundred percent. Mike's not on yet, but he you know it was a hundred percent Poochie being written off of The Simpsons. <laughs> like they just freeze frame Vince and just slowly moved him up into the sky. <laughs> um, yeah, that was it was a surprise because what I've said here repeatedly was I didn't think Vince was going to be uh, ousted based on what had already come out. Um, the fact was there was no actual smoking gun. Uh, there was a lot of allegations. There was a lot of he said, she said situations. But ultimately, there was no she. Uh, there was there was NDAs that were signed. Nobody came forward. There were no names. There was nobody who said, this is what Vince McMahon did to me. I think if a single person came out and did that in any way, shape, or form, you know, cornered me in, in the locker room, uh, said something inappropriate and vulgar to me, was texting me something, and you could put a face to it, I think more people would be calling for his head. And the fact that that didn't happen made me think, all right, maybe he's going to coast. But the, uh, the, the abrupt retirement or at least publicly retirement privately it was a resignation he had to submit a letter they're going through and reevaluating all the, the financials because maybe uh some of the money that got paid out which i thought he was smart about paying it out of his private uh, his private account may have come from the wwe which means they may have to readjust their filings which if true that in and of itself would have been enough to get rid of Vince. so here he gets to leave as the conquering hero he leaves on his own terms uh and and uh now we have the answer of who's going to be next in charge of the wwe so so first i'm gonna i want to ask you scott what what's your take on how to handle vince's legacy going forward Well, I, for one, that HBO Real Sports, which is apparently coming out, do we have a date? August? End of August? I have a feeling that's going to keep him banished in a way where they don't mention him for at least a year or a year and a half. And then I think they'll slowly start mentioning, like, you know, Mike brought up a great point, and I'm sure he'll say it, but since he's not here and I agree with him, uh, I think they'll start bringing him up like Mr. McMahon, the character, and not Vince McMahon, you know? So when Mr. McMahon fought Stone Cold Steve Austin, when I don't even think they're going to bring up like that, you know, they can no longer, no longer air shit of him kissing women, no way, uh, which they, I, I promise you, if he didn't get caught for this shit and he died, a majority of the memorial video would be him rubbing his face and tits. So the fact that we're definitely not getting that if he dies. So all we're going to get is like the stone cold moments and you're not even going to get like, Oh, how funny was it when Vince fought God? It all, it's all going to be perceived differently now. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the nice at, thing, at, the- at least for a few years. And then, you know, we're obviously there are some people who could care less and they, they you know, they're, 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 they want him back tomorrow, but. Yeah. I think we have to see what the real sports video is. We have to see what the third supposed wall street journal article will be. But I think based on what's currently come out, I don't see them erasing him from history in any way, shape, or form. I mean, there's plenty of bad people that that they've kept their memory alive, and it's the whole reason we have a podcast at this point is, <laughs> is to make fun of these people. But Vince is Walt Disney. Vince is Stan Lee. Uh, you know, you, you can't love 
WWE without loving or respecting Vince McMahon. And the smart thing that he did was his character has always been positioned as uh, a womanizer, as a, a, a lecherous, uh, evil man. And the audience just kind of accepts it. So there's nothing that was really like revelatory and shocking to a wrestling fan. Like we all knew Vince cheated on Linda. Uh, we all knew that Vince was not great to women in general. And we still had to accept that because damn it, I want to watch pro wrestling and I don't want to watch impact. So I'm going to have to pretend that I'm okay with, with all of those, those transgressions. And he is one of those larger than life characters and probably one of the last larger than life characters that's going to exist in, in modern media. Oh, and like Americana. Yeah, sure. There's, there's definitely, I mean, he is, um, you know, to compliment him. I know we're talking about this stuff right now, but in terms of legacy, it's, you know, to the circuit, like what Ringling Brothers is to the circus, Vince McMahon is to WWE, you know, to wrestling. I just said to WWE because sometimes you call wrestling WWE, at least, you know, random people do usually. So that's what he is. He, uh, yeah, he changed the game. And no, this is certainly not going to make him disappear. But I do think there's there's going to be some time where they're going to have to not utter his name. And not because of what happened now, but I think I think that real sports thing is going to be very good. So the advantage that they have is Vince on TV, with the exception of the theory stuff, hasn't been a presence for a long time. Uh, they mention, you know, it's always WWE management. Like Adam Pierce is the face of WWE management. And, and you just picture like this, just, you know, panel of like darkened figures sitting behind desks with, you know, cigar smoke behind them. And that's who makes the decisions. So they've wisely pivoted away from making Vince a, a front and center character over the last several years in a lot of ways. And by positioning Stephanie and Hunter as real life authority figures if you need someone on TV, you open SmackDown with Stephanie. When you need that next big pop, you open with Triple H. So you already have people in place to, to fill that role. And unless you're doing nostalgia video packages, you don't really need to mention Vince until you get closer to WrestleMania. Yeah, and Triple H, there's, there's, no, there's not going to be any dirt on him because he, you know, he's, he's not going to. He's not even gonna, you know, wink, like flirt with a woman if Stephanie's there, and she's there all the time. So it's, he's yeah, good. You she, know, she's, the only she's the only it. person he ever creeped on was Stephanie, and then and then that was a wrap. And so now he's good. Exactly. Um, you know, that's that's the only person that was like, I know you fuck China, but I'm still willing to give you a chance. <laughs> like that's all, all due respect to Joni. We we love Joni here, but uh, we all saw we all saw clips of that video. Uh, <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I guess the, the, the next part of this now is it's it's the Triple H show. Um, is this going to really change things or is it too little too late? Well, there's certain things that I think are too little too late unless they change the product completely, uh, like the camera shots. The, the amount of times they go back and forth is absurd and it like genuinely makes matches less good and moments less important. So things like that, if you change that, holy shit, I'm amazed. I don't think they're going to change those things. I think we're going to get more fan service, like uh, internet fan service, for sure. I think we're going to get some people coming back that we missed, and that's going to be really cool to see for the moment. I think we'll have more concrete storylines, like continuity-wise. I don't think you're going to see as much repetitiveness, but I do think it's still 
it's the WWE. And I'm telling you, they want to become Disney so badly and it, it will happen. Will we have a moment of something cool happening? Sure. But Nick Khan at some point is going to tell Triple H and Stephanie, they have to go. I'm curious how that'll ultimately pan out because Vince is still the majority shareholder. So it's not so much Nick Khan having the ability to say, you guys need to sell. It's Vince deciding that it's time to sell. Well, okay. So now, now saying that, that he's still the majority shareholder, which is so important if we're talking about him leaving. Obviously, this means he's not leaving, right? He has a lot of influence at the very least. No, I do not think he will be backstage at all for, uh, at what, a year at least, right? He can't go near that place. He yeah, has to no. go away, right? Yes, he has so, to go away. But he's got, it, it's like when Carson left late night, uh, but then he would send Letterman jokes, you know? He exactly. Send Leno. He didn't like Leno, but he would send Letterman jokes. That is definitely going to happen, and they're going to have to listen to him uh, for the most part. I mean, they can't completely go, Vince, shut the fuck up. You were wrong entirely, and, and you know all your points are dog shit. They do have to follow a certain line with him uh, to appease him. Well, it depends. Um, if the ratings for Raw and SmackDown continue either status quo or an upward trend, Vince doesn't need Vince's input isn't as necessary. Um, if the second things start to slip, that's when Vince can kind of you know bring the bony hand and put it on the shoulder for pressure and start to exert a little bit of control behind the scenes. Um, okay, ready? Like fan service things. I think for fact, uh, Karrion Cross will be back and it will feel important. I think literally because of this situation they have, and they're sort of writing it that way now. Like, did you see Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle was written off of SummerSlam, right? Yes. And it's bullshit. Riddle was not hurt. They wrote it off for a reason. And then Seth Rollins tweeted a thing that was like, Someday they'll hear you fans, you know, basically saying I'm the best, which is true. He's, you know, the best guy in the company in terms of in the ring, probably. Um, and he's saying, you know, someday they'll listen to you guys or whatever. And then Triple H is like, I hear you. So you already have this moment the week of where Triple H has this opportunity to give us a match that makes everybody happy. Right. Which is so planned. And so you're going to have moments like this where, you know, Karrion Cross comes back or, or Johnny Gargano comes back and, and it's going to be such a feel good. Oh, my goodness everything is back to normal as opposed to like well gargano i think has been coming back i i think he's going to show up and beat up champa right during the uh the mismatch at SummerSlam. we'll get there okay anyway yeah we'll get there i'm not sure exactly what they're, i'm not i'm not sure <laughs> yeah. exactly what they're going to wind up doing but yeah i, I think, think gargano at some point i think there's there's lots of guys who hunter saw something in that vince didn't and now that hunter's in charge he's going to give them an opportunity. The, the the reason why I said I'm not sure if it's too little too late is because a lot of those guys are in AEW. You know, Keith Lee, Adam Cole, uh, and for, you for know, a few years, five years. But oh, Cole's yeah, five. Yeah. Uh, Malachi Black is four. Yes, um, I, I saw that uh, Tony Khan, the Martin Prince of professional wrestling, <laughs> went on the air. He's like, I have Malachi Black for five years. Uh, like, he talks so... about them like trading cards, right? Yes, he. It's it's not. It's tra they're, they're all action figures too. Yeah. Him. Um, and, and he does a holographic dude. He's got the holographic Alistair Black. Yes, he's got the limited edition Malachi Black yes. that's actually allowed to talk. Uh, <laughs> there's only one of those that exists. Like, there's a lot of Triple H guys who who went by the wayside and they completely overhauled NXT. I don't think they'll completely overhaul NXT back again because that's asking a lot from your audience. Also, it's irrelevant. Don't overhaul NXT. Overhaul Raw. Now, you know, Triple H doesn't have to focus on NXT. Focus on Raw and SmackDown and, 
and get shit done. But to that point, did did you watch Raw on Monday night? I watched pieces of it. So I know Melcher. I liked the intro. I thought the intro was really good. I know Melcher uh, tweeted out that, you know, uh, that this was mainly a Vince show, that it wasn't they threw out the script and started from scratch. And you could tell to some degree based on the booking on paper, because Mike was texting about it on paper and was like, this doesn't feel overly different. Uh, and sure enough, I said Beetlejuice's name and he has appeared. Mike Lawrence, welcome to, uh, welcome to the show. Oh, you were talking about how the Raw feels different when you watch it live, even though the booking was terrible. Still? That's exactly what I was about to say. That <laughs> oh, yeah. Raw was that Raw was still a Vince McMahon booked show, but the feel of the show itself was so much looser. The the uh, the Roman Reigns Usos Paul Heyman promo where they were making fun of uh, Theory and saying, you know, Daddy's gone, and Heyman saying like, you're going to be the next one out the door, like referencing what's going on in the real world as opposed to a Vince bubble. Uh, the matches, a lot of them were, hey, we have a singles match that turns into a tag, but at least the guys felt like they, they weren't handcuffed by it. And a lot of the backstage segments, a lot of the talking uh, felt almost human. And you could just feel when Vince isn't there micromanaging the production, that even if it's still Vince's bad booking, the talent is able to overcome as long as he's not there to, to manhandle it. Yeah. One thing Which, that hey, I love the timing is of that, the articles. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was say one thing that I love is that even when Vince is gone, Robert still stays the same in defending them. <laughs> Thank God for some consistency. <laughs> Robert <laughs> and Vince McMahon's ass. Then, now, together, forever. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, There's also the Madison Square Garden element. Every yes, time yes. they go to Madison Square Garden, it's, it feels like, I know Raw is always live, but it feels live. You go, oh, wow, they're, they're there. Where live yeah. things happen. No, you were, you were in the garden. There's not Vince in the ounce of the announcer's ears. There's not Vince overseeing all the pre-tapes. It's the go-home show to SummerSlam. And there's an actual excitement to what's going on in the product a little bit because it feels like maybe, just maybe, things will be slightly different. And, and listen, they're going to ride this forever, which is also like gross that they very quickly shifted it to like, and also the internet fed into it and maybe even started it, but it now has become like, oh, Triple H and Tony Khan get to, Triple H really gets to show what, what he's made of now, as opposed to like, can we be mad at Vince for over a week? Can we like expect more from the company in terms of uh, what they're going to do moving forward and how are they going to address, you know, issues, uh, especially in terms of like the women on the roster? No, they no, they haven't said shit about that. See, no, Malibu Stacy got a new hat. <laughs> so we don't need to care. Well, hey, the only women we're gonna bash is Sasha and Naomi for being unprofessional. Oh well, did you see that? I, I just read that apparently they are trying to get you know them back involved, which will be a huge moment for fans and a feeling of oh we're we're going somewhere better than where we were. At the very least, because there's a lot of reports that are coming out now. Now that Vince is not there. Uh, things that I've heard rumblings about before, but now it's like people are willing to say it is he was getting a little not senile, but the 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 elevator wasn't going all the way to the top floor. He was forgetting people. He was forgetting angles he did the week prior. The and elevator went to about his waist, right below his waist, right in his right around his privates. Yeah. That's what already cost him $14 million. <laughs> a very expensive elevator. Uh, it's the only Otis he cares about. <laughs> 
But yeah, no, Vince was becoming, you know, the emperor has no clothes and nobody and was, how. Yeah, exactly. And no one was really able to step in and fix it, which is why Bruce was so successful in his tenure, because he speaks Vince. And the best way to be successful in that company is not to have good ideas or know how to make quality television. It's be able to speak Vince. And Bruce knows all of Vince's shorthands and pretty sure that, you know, the the coats in the corner Vince thought was Pat. So they were fine and nobody questioned anything, but it's why the shows were so static and repetitive. But because there was nobody demanding anything better, everything just remained status quo. Now that Hunter's in charge, you're not going to get a totally overhauled product, but you're going to get at least a coherent product where, you know, does the beginning of the show make sense to the end of the show? Did we keep somebody a baby face for all three hours? That's what's going to be important going forward. And that's how we're going to be able to judge the, the, the triple H era for as long as this is actually allowed to last. Well, and you got to prove if yourself. If you're wondering why, um, the guys did a bash at the beach 96 episode two years after a bash at the beach 96 episode it's because they speak dan yes we, we you knew but urgency. you didn't want to say anything he was, was so excited mike the, i just the, imagine like robert being like briscoe that's right mr dan mcmahon mr saint germain mr saint germain i'll do that episode again for you <laughs> there's an urgency to to how well the show has to go too. um you know they're they're in fear of their reputation now they feel like there's eyes on them now in a way that haven't been for a long time and it's hilarious that we just you know we do live in a world where it's like if the product gets better it's like oh all is forgiven all right the product is good um and i think it will be good for 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 a little while until those things start to happen again that happen when uh when you want to be Disney. Right. But I don't think it's as much as this idea of, you know, all is forgiven. Vince isn't there and people still want to watch WWE and they're willing to make peace with the monster that creates something because they like what it is. Sure. There's a lot of that, but there's also, and you can hear it in the arena unless they're, unless they're filling it in. Um, A lot of people genuinely do not think he did anything. Like there's just people who don't give a shit in the slightest. No, because I guess, said unless there was someone who came forward and said this is what he did to me and and i'm able to tell my story people can disassociate from it a little bit easier yeah and it's like and no he, one believes rita chatterton so there you go exactly <laughs> she did it 30 years ago yeah but she and doesn't have an action figure it's i mean it's generally fucked up and i'm not making light of her situation and actually mazaro uh, killed herself right yeah yeah this yeah. is not new stuff but but what's interesting to me is that it's it is a publicly traded company but it is a very private fan base <laughs> you know like where we're, we are not respected um it is just like a kind of like dropping the bucket in the news i know we've talked about that before i i, I know robert said that like and I agree, like the lack of credibility that Vince has showbiz wise has also saved his ass. Um, but it is so fascinating because people will just repeat whatever the most basic headline is. And the amount of people that like I've talked to that aren't even big wrestling fans are like, man, I can't believe he retired. And it's like, he did not retire. <laughs> he did not. He resigned. He did not. Like that is a wrong word to use in this situation. He left because he had to leave. 
he was pushed out and way more shit's gonna happen there's financial shit there's problematic moral shit like this was this was not him leaving gracefully like did, did you read like his uh statement he gave to the talent the the night of where it ended with him plugging smackdown no just in I case just you thought tony khan was the only one who does that but yeah it was like <laughs> all right I, you know i'm 77 i gotta leave and uh you know, we had a lot of good fun. And remember, when you're out there, don't forget to sell. And uh, by the way, SmackDown, tonight at 8. <laughs> and awesome. that was a letter addressed to the talent. Yeah, but wow. I think that's how he always wanted to go. He didn't want a big pomp and circumstance. I'm not that he wanted to go in disgrace. I'm just saying he wanted to just Order Randy one day, he's song. just not there. Like. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, it, it, that, that's how they usher Stephanie in to Randy Savage's theme song. No, but he just wanted to be Will Hunting, and just one day he's not there anymore, and everyone's like, "Aw, goodbye, Vince. We'll, we'll miss you." As opposed to them dragging him from Titan Tower. Yeah, the uh, the the Chris Jericho being thrown in the garbage can. Uh, which it, oh yeah, which it was man, a- while watching Dynamite now, you wish man, I wish that's how it ended. <laughs> That I would, love how was, he got to stay. You know what he did. It was like he got to stay, and then it was like, wait, with our money. <laughs> well, that's the only thing that that really could be damning against him. I said all along, if he was paying out of his own money, hush money, to keep these women quiet, and it wasn't impacting his job, technically speaking, they may they they might not get rid of him. But now, if it's misappropriation of funds, or at worst, embezzlement then you know that's that's a serious uh a serious charge um what what just to, to pivot a little bit here so now that it's the stephanie and, and triple h show what big changes do you want to see going forward scott uh i mean kind of things that i think will be corrected in a way just like more maybe concrete storylines um no, you know what I really want? I want I want acknowledgement of um of of the world of wrestling, you know? I I I just want them to be a company that makes wrestling better and doesn't make it feel like a prison system where we have this person and now they can't do shit or this and that. Like I just I want them to feel like other athletes feel. I want them to feel freer. Uh, well, that was a terrible answer. So all <laughs> that was pretty uh, bad. Mike saved it. That's this. a bad yeah, answer. We, we already we already have that, and it sucks. Uh, <laughs> um, I want I don't want to be able to watch the show uh, without watching other shows. Uh, okay, let's slam that forbidden door shut. Um, I, <laughs> Mike, you're right. You don't want to see Dolph Ziggler on Revolution Pro. <laughs> <laughs> and that that is integral to understanding what's happening on Raw. Or from a hey, FTR are the number one ranked guys. I think they should fight guys they already beat. I, I want people to keep the their name. I want people to show up and they're allowed to keep their names. Oh, yeah. no, that's a terrible idea. I don't want you to give a guy a top hat, you know, and he has to pretend he's a chimney sweep or something. That would okay, be a well, great gimmick. <laughs> that's fucking awesome, by the he way. He should join uh, with Sheamus. <laughs> he did <laughs> i'm gonna give you a mary poppin um, there it is yeah i i think uh what i would like to see because i don't think nxt fully worked and we should acknowledge that because like th- that that is the one thing if, if there's one reason i really wanted to be on this episode of today is to remind 
all the wrestling fans of how they felt about Triple H for years. <laughs> um, and that he should not suddenly be the roided savior. Um, I, I think I think he cares about wrestling more than Vince, absolutely. But I don't think that his brand of wrestling is exactly what the WWE needs. I think it's a blend of that. I think you do need the sports entertainment. And, and you know, you know what made me think like, oh, they might be off to a good start was them opening with a brawl with Logan Paul and The Miz, because that feels like kind of a compromise. Like this is Triple H's way of doing things with Vince's types of stars. Oh, did, did, did you hear about why that started that way though? Because they knew New York would boo Logan Paul, but they don't want him to be booed. So it's just immediately you brawl, they don't get to react. It worked. I mean, yeah, I it, 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 it worked did up work until they let him go and talk an hour, two hours later. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah. Absolutely. But that's also, you know, like that creative doesn't get to decide if it's a three hour show or not. That that's sure. that's but like but I think I mean NXT and Adam Cole and Gargano and a lot of these guys, that is not the future of wrestling. And you do need big stars. You do need larger than life or uh, as large as life <laughs> stars too. Um, and, but, and you need the spectacle. I, I think the things that WWE does better, like when we watch WrestleMania, like the Zane and, and Knoxville, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose, you know, um, the, the bigger shit, the video packages that are amazing, the production values. I think you could have that with, yeah, clearer stories. And um, and I think, dude, when, when the first thing I heard on Friday was that Lesnar was like, I don't want to come in, I was excited because that guy should go. Goldberg should go. These are these are the things that have kept new stars from being made for years. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, um, what was really amazing about Dynamite this week is I, I got to leave it like 3.30, so I don't know if I'll be able to review the show, but I think they really did answer a challenge of like, no, we do have guys that are the future. And they really pushed new people for better or Garcia, but, you know, they, <laughs> they pushed them, you know, and like the Starks thing, like that, that segment where you got three guys over. You know, oh, Stark. That one was crazy, right? Hook that was a that Hulk. was a uh, show that if there was like wrestling in college, if there was a, a pro wrestling class, you just yeah. show them that real quick. Yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. Where you know, that was a thing like Rob. You know, because you know what my thing was like, Dan and Robert were, and you were even talking about like, oh, Raw is exciting, and I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna watch it from six fifteen to six forty five when it's in the middle, <laughs> and see if that's unique and different. And it was not. Yeah, no, but I I do think again, like the the type of money they're going to be throwing out in the next few. That's a question, Robert. So since money was tampered with, is now a good time to spend money on talent or no? Yeah, uh, yeah I think right. The, it's the irrelevant idea, kind of, right? The amount, as callous as this sounds, like the amount of money that Vince supposedly uh, misappropriated allegedly, I think it was like fourteen million dollars, which is nothing. I yes, mean, right? that is okay. to them that is not a material amount of money that's going to impact their 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 capital spend. Yes, yeah, so I think a lot I, of people that, are getting big paychecks this weekend. No, and and, the, and, the point, and, I, and I do want to come back to something that Mike mentioned about uh, Triple H with NXT. The reason why NXT was Gargano and Champa and Adam Cole and all that was because it was on the WWE Network, and they were trying to drive the let's let's call them the Scott Chaplins of the world to pay for the uh, WWE Network to see the best indie talent on the Japanese. planet. That's well, they they had Kushida. 
There you go. And Kenta. They got every indie guy. They got every indie guy possible to try to lure you into NXT. And the guys they were trying to build, like the Karrion Crosses and the Keith Lees, once Vince saw them and he didn't like them, which was a total mind like mind-blowing situation, that was when the wheels came off. They were trying to build it the right way, which is let's have a bunch of indie guys that are going to draw people into watching on the network uh, and then use those guys to also start elevating new talent that are going to be the stars of the future. And then when Vince saw the stars of the future, because he hasn't watched NXT once ever, he's like, well, I don't like these guys. Let's make this guy uh, wear suspenders and the other guy needs fur. So your entire experiment (laughs) totally goes out the window. NXT perfected a way of getting the women over because Vince ultimately doesn't really care a lot about the women's division. And you just had a lot of really talented people who got better. They, I don't think they were really ever going to elevate Cole or, 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 or Gargano or something like that onto a larger platform. Um, in, a, in a lot of ways, it's, it's sort of like, it is a strain of an analogy, but it's like Saturday Night Live. There were certain people who were going to use Saturday Night Live to be a launch pad to be the biggest stars in the world. And there's some people who were always going to be the featured players. And then they were going to be gone after a season or two, but they were filling whatever role they needed to fill. The problem was, is that when Hunter presented Vince, the fully formed, here's, here's your main eventers for WrestleMania. Vince didn't like them mostly because he didn't create them. Yeah. But also, NXT lost a year straight to AEW because even NXT without Vince tampering so much was not a great show. Well, brothers, like a, a, a real issue is Triple H cannot bring his music taste to 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 Raw or SmackDown. I would love some rock and roll back in wrestling. That's a blast. Um, even some new metal is is fun in the context of watching guys beat each other up in a montage. Uh, Limp Bizkit, WrestleMania 17, right? But my God, Triple H has the worst taste in music. And Chris Jericho is a professional wrestler. Like it's he's it's disgusting. And I I would hate to see that shit. Uh, I do not want to see that woman shred on the guitar at SummerSlam on Saturday. First of all, you leave Union Underground alone. They are a (laughs) killer band. And Nita Strauss is awesome. I saw her uh, play with Alice Cooper. She was great. Yeah, but but I I get it. No, No, he, he's the only guy who's happy. The guy from Drowning Pool was dead, so they can't bring them back. You're a sick man, Scott. That's right. Let the body hit the floor. That's what I said. <laughs> and stay happened. there. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three. Ding, ding, ding. Something's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was brutal. But yeah, so I think it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward with Hunter and Stephanie, how long the novelty of this wears. If they're willing to listen to Heyman, you know, they keep saying Heyman's supposedly going to have a little bit more uh, uh, of an of an influence where he would always pitch stuff and Vince would never want to listen to it. Stephanie and Hunter are going to be a little bit more receptive. You don't let Paul Heyman write your TV. He doesn't have the ability to sit and have the discipline to write three hours of television, but he is a great guy to punch up stuff. You get Umberto Carrillo for 15 minutes a week. You get like him wanting to make things that aren't things into things right because that's always his challenge it's look at this great roster give me danny basham i can make him into something because in ecw it's like he made the best of what was left there's no challenge in making roman reigns successful there's a challenge in making you know angel garza successful 
And it's funny, like not you know nine one one was always used as like that example. Like he took a guy and made it like it got him over with one choke slam. I'm like, but he literally just did that there, and then <laughs> wasn't anything, you know. Which you know, mean, it, give that give that to Omos. That's another reason Raw was great. No Omos. Oh, dude, and Austin Theory, I think benefits from this more than anybody somehow. Where if they don't use him, let's say they actually stop using him, fans will feel bad for him because it's like, oh, wow, he was Vince's boy and he disappeared. That's a little strange. Um, or he can use it as a heel thing where it's like he was Vince's boy. And now he's like this great heel because of it. Or he's like this underdog. Like, I think in any in front of any other crowd, that segment that happened on Raw, he would have been a face after that segment. But since it's New York, it was still like, fuck you, you're a loser. But he was an absolute face in, in, in that segment. The beginning of that segment and so it can happen and that could have not happened two weeks ago when vince was still there it's very possible yeah he, he vince likes things clean and 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 clear and under control um which i believe is a uh, slogan so that's the, for our sponsor this week blue chew no, i'm kidding uh no we, we we have too much integrity for that shit uh you, by the way you saw rick flair uh, pitches a dick pill now we just said, we're talking about wait he has a different dick pill than the rest of them yeah it's called mount everest yeah oh god um he's not allowed to take those because years ago when we were doing a segment he wanted us to, we was a thing where he was pretending to take viagra and he wanted us to give him shoot viagra and his doctors were like no he'll die <laughs> so he you know good for you mount everest for figuring out a, a dick pill that's not going to kill a flare yeah, the well, only way just... he can last longer than 15 minutes is if you tag team him with Andrade. Hey, oh. Oh, which will be fantastic this Sunday on StarCast for our friends here at the Ad Free Shows Network. Dan doing a great job at the roast of Ric Flair that I'm sure is going to be uh, one that you're going to tell your grandchildren about. Uh, and if you do, your grandchildren will be very, very sad. Speaking of sad, Tony Khan. Um, <laughs> the... the, the uh, the, the child Willy Wonka wished he got his hands on uh, decided, <laughs> decided to go on a uh, tweet about how he was the longest reigning uh, owner in wrestling mere moments after Vince announced his retirement. And uh, can I just had, say, like, I imagine Tony going to the Tokyo Dome with Shad and going, I want him now. I want Okada and I want Kachita. And I don't care how. If it's not wrong or right, please book me, Jay White. He's been on a one-man mission this past week to kind of be like Kevin Bacon at the end of Animal House. I'm like, you know, all is well, remain calm. Like, don't worry, the guys that Hunter likes, I still have under contract. It's one of the lessons he needed to have learned from Vince, which is you don't sell this stuff. Like no. if something like, like if it happens, great. Who cares? You know what the contractual situation of your guys are. But now the sea change is going to happen where people are going to want to see Hunter get his boys back. And and not having them on Dynamite kind of makes me like, go ahead. Give, give I, them I back the Undisputed Era. I would have said, the thing is he rattles too much in a sentence don't make fucking sense yeah uh, and yes he should shut up but you remember when when vince called it like a messy shop called aw a messy shop that's all he has to say moving forward anytime they bring up wwe in, in the context of you know the situation with vince just say i i do not speak about you know messy shops 
That's all you got to say. But instead, you're 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 holding this bravado that is like there's victims in this situation, and now you're like, I won. It's weird. Shut the fuck it's up. It's fucking man. weird. It is. Yeah, and it's like yeah, his tweets have less periods than China after the Royce. <laughs> oh. It's definitely how he writes on his on his notebook. It's manic, you know. It's just like it's quick and 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 wild. But it's and, also and, it, well. I'm sorry, go on, Robert. I was gonna say it's also him knowing that this fake loyalty that all of his wrestlers have isn't really there. Like a lot of them are just in AEW just because they don't want to put up with Vince. Now that Vince is gone, the dam is burst and there's, there's not a lot keeping a lot of these guys in AEW when they could very easily go back to WWE and be very, very happy. Well, I think that that was kind of going to happen anyway for a lot of guys, even if Vince was there uh, in a few years where I think a lot of guys, it, the 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 opportunities that AEW does give a lot of guys is that thing where I said I wish Raw did, where they let them kind of go travel the world and 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 fulfill their mark dreams, right? Mm-hmm. But once you fulfill your mark dreams, you know, go make your money. I guess who the fuck am I to tell FTR after the run they've been on? What else is there to do? Yeah, go make your money, man. Go go I, let more people know your name. Even I if mean, the I think AEW is, is perfect for a certain type of talent, like Marco Stunt. Joey Janela or <laughs> Steve Grayson. There's there's way too many guys in AEW right now. Well, no, GCW is under the WWE umbrella because I saw Brett Lauderdale sitting in the crowd at Monday Night Raw. Shut up. He was there, as was Lin Manuel Miranda. So, dude, I just did a podcast with a guy who's wrestling uh, uh, for them this uh, this Saturday or Sunday. He's wrestling for Hamilton. He's wrestling for uh, Brett Lauderdale, GCW. We'll plug the show, man. Give, give, okay, so it's eat. in. Yeah, it's his name is Hello Hardbody, right? Nope, I'm already uh, out. <laughs> and it's a death match. And um, strike two. This is this is why I'm going to ask you to see it. Okay, so a this storyline. This uh, is called this is Christian what, versus the microphone. Yes, they have really hurt themselves uh, to, to further this storyline, right? In, in a big way. And um, and you would think, you know, because they've hurt themselves through the storyline that the payoff would be maybe at like a, a, a bigger GCW event. I know that exists, uh, but instead it's at a place that I think has sold 100 tickets so far. So go out there this weekend. I think it's it's the 28th. When the fuck's the 28th? That's today. today? No, that's when we're recording. Possible. No. Oh, my God. It's tonight. That's happening tonight. No. Anyway, yeah. it's called GCW Horror Slam and. uh. Yeah, I'm rooting for him. Maybe By the way, if you want to know what it's like to have a podcast now. with Scott, that last 30 seconds encapsulates exactly <laughs> what it's like trying to plan something with Scott. Um, I will give I'm going to give Mike the floor because Mike's only got about 10 minutes till he has to hop off. Want to get your kind of wrap the bow around your thoughts on Vince gone, his legacy, Hunter taking over, all that stuff. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think I appreciate that. Um, well, yeah, I wanted to mention because. It is a very Mike Lawrence news story, but the best thing was that in the morning, yeah, Tony was like, I'm, I'm the longest running promoter, which he's not, you know, um, there are many other promoters, uh, you know, out there that have been doing it longer than Tony. Uh, yes. Court Bauer has been around longer. Even some who uh, wrote 1979. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, but what's interesting is like, and then at night he writes, uh, about the dark knight he's like harvey dent is dead the joker's been captured and now it's time for ramp (laughs) and it's like i mean man it i didn't think it'd be like i i didn't think i'd be embarrassed to see someone else make a batman reference before (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like just just make good product you know and and because yeah i don't think i'll be able to review dynamite with you guys i i did think that this was a good dynamite and i think that this dynamite uh is his tweak you know just make a good show just push new people just do exciting shit like and yeah like i said i didn't think everything worked but um i like the effort and yet i don't think that danny garcia should have been in a daniel uh i mean brian danielson before he knows how to cut a promo but i like that they fucking tried something different like i respect that you know and and we'll see where it goes but uh with vince i mean I think we have we have all separated the art from the artist for a long time now. <laughs> I mean, we we can't act like we are are shocked, and in some ways, if anything, we've helped enable this piece of shit. But um, at the same time, you know, uh, I think it is an insanely amazing story that you know he bought this company from his dad uh grew up in a trailer park you know and fucking um you know i don't even i don't even think vince was ahead of his time as much as he was the only promoter that was of his time <laughs> he was That's the great. only one who was like oh cable <laughs> national <laughs> exposure you know it's like all these other guys like like i, I was listening to like Cornette talking about Vince and you know and he said he's like he was the best and worst thing to happen to wrestling depending on who you were which I think is a really great way to sum up a guy in one sentence but you know but like one of the things he was saying you know like Vince helped expose the business and all of that I mean the business was already exposed and if it wasn't Vince I do think Ted Turner would have been the person that had the national expansion or something would have happened well also what happens is it, it what Jim Cornette doesn't understand is if you act like it's real still after a certain point when everybody knows it like it's 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 more detrimental because now you all look like losers if you're acting yes. like it's real in public yeah and I mean it's like when they went on talk shows it was fucking embarrassing to the point where they had to choke people out or smack them in the face and it was the difference between yes there were always kids at wrestling but when you marketed it specifically like yeah I am a part of that generation you know and that merchandising and those you know those when you hear those guys like I, I think like to say a few positive things about Vince and I'll say some negative too but obviously but like say some positive when you hear like a hillbilly Jim or a fucking Greg Valentine who worked the, the circuit in, in, in the territories, then talk about their LJN royalties, you know, <laughs> and, and people are like, yeah. And they danced to the tutti fruity and did all this dumb shit. It's like, yeah. And they got, they had years back to their careers. I mean, I always think about the, the bushwhackers being the sheep herders and, and then they were neutered in WWE by making the most money they ever have, <laughs> you know? And I think that, uh, you know, he definitely in a creative sense stayed too long, had too many prejudices, um, you know, had to made too many of the same mistakes. I think relied on too many of the same people got comfortable. It, it probably, you know, I, I wish that he had stepped away of his own accord uh, you know, maybe about like six or seven years ago, um, if not longer. <laughs> but, you know, this is how he's leaving. And I do think that it is important for wrestling fans, for people to um, remind ourselves and each other, yeah, this is not a retirement. This is someone being 
forced to leave because of their shitty behavior um their demons catching up to them and 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 i think that you know real life is complicated and, and people are complicated but yeah the guy that gave you wrestlemania 17 can also be the guy responsible for a few bodies that are gone and yeah. will never come back you know i don't, I, I don't know what mike's talking about vince <laughs> retired re- released released the snyder cut uh, it's all authentic there are no bots you know oh, you know yeah. what i want i want the words to go away that that he had i want i don't want there to be another stupendous wrestlemania yeah i want I hospitals back him. i want yes, hospitals yes. and belts yes yeah. well you and know we, where it's like just talk to me like i'm a person yes we did get bitch a couple times on raw and it didn't feel gratuitous so <laughs> Yeah, then we got pussy on AEW, and I was like, "Come oh, on, we'll, just because we'll, just because Ross said bitch, we don't gotta go pussy, okay?" Don't guys? worry, we'll we'll get to we'll we'll get to <laughs> Scrappy Jungle Boy and his, uh, you know, I'll show him. Um, but yeah, only having like a couple minutes left. Yeah, I just I I think like it is possible as a fan to say thank you, Vince, but also fuck you, Vince, but also maybe don't say thank you, Vince, in a public place, <laughs> like. I, I can't, I can't, I can't like be excited about, you know, these last few weeks of him walking out and getting cheers or, I mean, the Stephanie thing was just uncomfortable. The look that she gave right into the camera, even her being like, you guys are getting ahead of me. You know, it's, it's, it's fucking weird. Um, but I think that SummerSlam will probably be his creative swan song in some ways. And then, yeah, I mean, if the product gets better and it's more exciting and the presentation is different, I, I'd be excited to watch it again. And I also hope that like Vince really is done. I mean, I I, I just wish this is my my true wish is that the last time we saw him should have been at WrestleMania taking that awful stunner. That to me is the best way to for him to go off into the sunset. You know, but like because we are going to have to reconcile with all these Hall of Fame speeches, you know, because like one of the things like he told people he, they couldn't mention him in Hall of Fame speeches. So now they probably will. And they're just going to talk about how great he is and all of the chants and all of that. And it's like, I don't know, man, you know, we are three people who have loved many of the ideas that Vince McMahon helped create. But yeah, I, I, I'll ask you guys that I'll say it myself. I don't feel comfortable chanting. Thank you, Vince. Do you? I just think it's corny. Yeah, it just feels weird. I think it's 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 a weird thing of if you're chanting thank you, it's like the character or the person. If it's on screen and Stephanie is saying goodbye to Mr. McMahon, the character, that's one thing versus thank you, Vince, the person who may have done some truly horrible, horrible things. I, I think you can acknowledge he is the single most impactful person in the history of professional wrestling and, and be grateful that he created what he created. But I think uh, heaping praise and accolades on him directly going forward is going to be pretty morally questionable depending on what further comes out, uh, <laughs> what, or if, what is revealed. What if they have to tell the truth? What if they're like Vince Russo was the most important figure in the nineties in terms of, of wrestling. Vince Russo was the most important figure in the 90s. That's what I'm he saying. Will they, he, will they admit he, it? He's oh, what no, ruined no. Vince McMahon. <laughs> Vince trusted one person outside of sycophants and that guy burned him. 
And ever right. since that happened, he never let a single person have creative control over his product. The only time he ever shared again was with John Laurinaitis. <laughs> Thanks. And the, la- well, the last thing I'll say <laughs> before I go, um, I'm really fascinated. Yeah, like the long term, how they're going to spin this because, like, I was I was thinking, you know, when, when this was all happening and they were saying retirement and all of that, it made me. I couldn't help but think of that um, when I tried watching the, was it the Ruthless Aggression uh, documentary on the network? And I had to shut it off like 10 minutes in when they were like, you know, we decided to go from WWF to WWE because we felt we just needed a name change. And I'm like, don't you fucking insult me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they, they felt they needed a name change 10 seconds after Jerry McDivitt hung up the phone. Yeah. You, you know yeah, what I mean? They miss- didn't mention any of that. <laughs> I'm upset we don't get like an after raw retirement where, you know, the undertaker walks out and like, like that's the, that's the thing I wish we got for him is, is that weird moment. And I hope they spend the money to have undertaker walk up his driveway and ring his doorbell and bow to him or something. Uh, Cause <laughs> let, let every woman he scorned walk in the ring while my sacrifice <laughs> yeah. plays <laughs> or no, or, or leave the memories alone. <laughs> Yeah. Also, Taker is his Shane. I think I've realized that. Taker is definitely his Shane. You mean the one he treats like a son? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, fuck you, Vince. Thank you, guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I did uh, enjoy what I saw of Dynamite. I, I think, yeah, I thought that that hook Starks Hobbs segment was one of the best things uh they put on television this year and what it accomplished in the amount of time it did and how over everyone was after it. So that, that was pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, shit's starting to shape up for all out. I still miss MJF, but they actually, you know, did some non, non MJF exciting shit this week. So there you go. Oh, Mike, thanks for, thanks for jumping on. And we're going to stick with AEW as we're going to do dynamite or dud. I'm going to do Dan's convoluted hour one, hour two nonsense that we want to talk about every segment anyway, but it's fine. Uh, Dynamite open with the interim AEW championship match, John Moxley versus Roosh. Uh, after the match, Andrade, the Lucha Bros, the Jericho Appreciation Society, uh, all, uh, all made their presence felt. They officially announced the trios titles have been created. Uh, Dante Martin cut a backstage promo with joining up with Sky Blue. Mike Lawrence liked this show, by the way, just pointing that out. Uh, Ricky Starks uh, defended the FTW title against Danhausen, then defended the title against Hook. And then after the match, cut a promo and Hobbs turned on him. Uh, the acclaimed cut a very short backstage promo. Sammy Guevara with Ty Conti took on Dante Martin with Sky Blue. Uh, <laughs> Anna uh, Anna J uh, interfered. Then Eddie Kingston, uh, Ruby uh, Ruby Soho, and Ortiz came out for the save. <laughs> and then Daniel Garcia cut a promo. Again, Mike Lawrence liked this show. Scott, what did you think of our one? <laughs> I okay. Aside from the Anna J promo and the like, very funny awkward moment of Dante Martin being like, uh, "I'm gonna bring Sky Blue." And you're like, what, what? And then she just goes to the ring. There was something very funny about it. Um, and so I thought that was a little silly. But other than that, I thought I thought it was fantastic. I, I loved I loved the Roosh Moxley match. I loved Moxley's portion of the the uh the segment after. I think you know, Jericho and his crew have to have to dip, let him be Lionheart, and then 
let's pull the plug in some manner on uh on uh jericho appreciation society you know the announcement of the trio's titles is going to be a lot of fun it's it's a title that can um can improve things you know like it's it's something that can make matches matter more storylines matter more and they have a lot of trios they can use uh maybe more than tag teams which is awesome uh, and then we'll get those like we'll get tag teams with other people you know what i mean like hopefully uh not just like these factions teaming up to be trios but you know dan Housen trying to get involved with whoever and stuff like that and you know, if Punk was back, CM Punk and uh, FTR, FTR, yeah, yeah, shit like that will be. You know, Sting and Darby, maybe they're involved with whoever they pick. Uh, I just think it's fun, good, and again, if you put it on a group like uh, like House of Black, it it looks very cool when you turn on the television. They get to feel important without you know really being that important because spooky shit shouldn't be that important. It should only be like ten minutes of your show. Right, opinion. unless this thing becomes like the dark elevation title sure or it's sure. like bear country and leon ruff well and and, and i i know i know this wasn't a part of it but we'll probably forget to mention it i think it was in the second hour where they show Pac defending uh th- their new title um which i don't even remember the name of right now but um but i all atlantic yeah maybe? all atlantic yeah. yeah um you know i i love how they put that title out there like that they show you this clip of like you know, this, this traveling man who's fighting foreigners. And then what you do get, you know, is at every pay-per-view, you get a match for the marks where you get to bring in someone from somewhere else. You get to keep, keep you know, a quote unquote forbidden door open in some manner. And you, get, you just get like an absolute banger of a match where it feels like it matters because the title is on the line. That's cool. They should do that with like a, with the title but name it after one of their networks <laughs> and have it on yeah. every week and have that, challengers and make it important. But I, I can't think of what I would call that it. That one. Well, no, but you know what else I like about the, uh, here's what's going on on the other side of the world. Like I like when AEW feels a little bit like street fighter, like where you're like, Oh, there's yeah. a different background right now. I'm in a different thing. And something else is ha- like, I, I like when everything feels, I don't know, different. Hunter years ago wanted to do that with NXT. He wanted there to be, I mean, there's NXT UK, he wanted one in Mexico. He wanted one in India. He wanted one in Japan. And you were going to have, you know, talent go to some of those different places to kind of drop in over time. And you'd build that international feel. I used to love like years ago, it was stupid. Like WWE would do like the Kuwaiti Cup. And you're like, oh, this is so cool. They're over in Kuwait and defending this or whatever. Yeah. Um, it it. It, it makes it feel real. I know that like, it's just, it, it makes it actually feel like it matters in a way. I agree. Uh, yeah. So as far as our one, I loved Moxley and Roosh. I, you know, I mean, people, I'm not a big Roosh fan. He's got to stop with the licking of the blood. He did the same spot twice. Like we, we get like there, I always get on him and Penta, like they just repeat the same spots over and over and over again. Um, I like that Moxley won clean. I don't mind that it was an unranked situation. Guys like want to know, but Screw it. It's the interim title. Let, let's have the match. Then you have Andrade and the Lucha Bros. Like that feud feels like it's going on forever. And then Jericho Appreciation Society come out. And I'm like, well, we just saw Moxley fight these guys a thousand times over. But yeah, pivoting it to the Lionheart was cool. And yeah, Anna Jay is the new Paul Heyman. Can we all agree? Oh, she gosh. is just, just fantastic. She is as great on the microphone as she is in the ring. And that's the meanest thing I've said about somebody <laughs> on this show. Um, are Dante Martin and Sky Blue a couple? Is that I, why they? I think that's what happened. It just felt 
silly. Like I, I, I'm not familiar with her at all. So it just felt funny to be like, check this out. And you're like, what? Who's this? Your friend? What? I love the uh, video package they made for Ricky Starks. I thought that was really well done. I always say they need to up their video production of what they do. And him and the different turtlenecks talking about being a champion was so great and pompous. It got him great heel heat that I was kind of surprised that they turned him babyface so quickly because I feel like you were really getting something here with this FTW run. I, I almost feel like, and you're right, I mean, he could have gone longer with that. I feel like they probably made that video before they even knew they were going to do this this quickly, maybe. And they were like, oh, well, we got to show everybody it. Maybe it, that happened. It did feel like that. Um, but it, God, I loved, I mean, again, and we've mentioned it a few times, this segment is something I would just show to people and be like, yeah, this is how cool wrestling can be. It's like, it was just so, so perfect to me. This was perfect. Dan Housen played his role well. That crowd went nuts for Hook. Um, hopefully he doesn't disappear for like six weeks again. This is the thing that they yeah. seem to do. You get somebody over, um, like they, they had, like they got Takeshka over and then they just, he's just gone. Uh, yeah. orange Cassidy was super over. He's van, you know, he kind of vanished again for a little hey, while. Hey, That was a funny segment when, um, no, I'm when not they saying walked a funny over, segment, but no, no, his... no. But this week, I just want to mention it for one second. When, when they walked up to, uh, Oh, who the hell they walked up to three guys talking shit. Like, oh my two. God. It was sing. Okay. Yeah. It we'll was sing. Yeah. Let's dance. How did that work? Hour two. Um, Hobbs turning on Ricky Starks. I think it was cool to have Taz out there calling a hook match. I think that was a really fun little moment. I know that as stupid as, oh, it's always not real. Like that, that does mean a little something to Taz. Like that's a cool moment for him. It has to mean the world. The world. Um, hopefully Hobbs' heel turn on Starks means something. And it's not just like when they turned on Brian Cage and then we just never saw Brian Cage again. Don't bring back Brian Cage. Yeah, uh, I almost hope Hobbs beats him. I don't, I don't even care if it's Stark's first feud as this new babyface. Let Hobbs beat him and let us root for him a little more, and then and then he gains his momentum. Starks will be fine. He's the shit, you know. Yeah, uh, Sammy and Dante was was fun for what it was. Uh, they, you know, they they had some creative little spots. It, it, Dante Martin's another one they just start and stop on. He's there for a couple of weeks, then he's gone on dark elevation for six months. If they're going to get behind him, get behind him. And also the fact that like Eddie Kingston and Ruby and Ortiz came out for the save. Like, I thought this feud was over. I think Dante doesn't, they don't put him on TV when he has acne that week. Like, I think that's how, that's how young he is. Like if he has a bad pimple, they're like, we're going to hold you off this week, kid. Or if he's got exams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's got an AP exam. We, we need him home uh, <laughs> to get him out of this. And yeah, Danny Garcia's promo. Um <sighs> He the dude doesn't have it in terms of promos. He has something. Um, There's something there, but it's not what this is. He's not a badass. Can I tell you what it is? And it, it happens sometimes to to honestly to some of the most talented people. He is young. If he was older, being this, it would feel different. Yeah. Uh, but look, yeah, he's look, just a look, young look guy who has, who has old guy talent. And I think, you know, it'll catch up and we'll love it. Yeah, McIntyre is a great example where it's like, no, I need to see a man saying these things. And it'll happen. Let them get there over time. But <laughs> pushing it now like this, it just did feel like him with Yuta, totally fine. Uh, oh, did, yeah, did, yeah. did you watch that Ring of Honor show, by the way? Oh, man, I loved it. I forgot if it was this last week. The Vince news was so big that it felt like three weeks have passed. So well, we'll, I don't we'll talk about it briefly after yeah, the show. But yeah, uh, really good. Know, the, the lethal Dutton Singh thing was odd because they were talking about the Ring of Honor show and then talking about feuding with best friends. 
But all I keep thinking with lethal is like, well, no, you're fighting flair. Like that's the most important thing you're doing right now. Uh, yeah, that, that was all. I mean, they're weird and it's, it's different. I do like that Sanjay Dutt is going to be wrestling again. I don't think he's wrestled since like 2017 or something. And he is good, a uh, good wrestler. I think he's like young too. He's not young, he, but he's he, not said he's, he said he wasn't going to wrestle again because he couldn't really wrestle anymore. Oh, wow. He's only 40. Yeah. But so it's weird that he's, I don't, I didn't see the, the, the rampage spoilers. So I don't know if they, yeah, it was a bait know. and switch or what. Um, he's damn good though. I mean, if he does wrestle, he, I, I always love Sanjay Dutt. Uh, we got jungle in, Boy in a Mark or, way. Mark's love Sanjay Dutt. They get it. it. Guys watching TNA and the X division. They understand. Yes. Those were like, it was the WCW cruiserweights of TNA. It was, you tuned oh, in to see Sanjay and man. AJ and Daniels and just let those guys <laughs> amazing red and just let them go yep. tear it up. Up. Let him go, dude. Uh, that Jungle Boy Luchasaurus Christian promo. Just to just to briefly recap, Jungle Boy comes out with Luchasaurus. Uh, he calls Christian a pussy. He makes fun of him for getting divorced. Then Christian comes out and says, I'm going to stop making fun of your dad because I'm going to kill you and put you in a grave next to him. Yeah. Like they're, uh, they're doing the a little much. They're doing a lot with it. Uh yeah, I mean, the unfortunate thing is Jungle Boy, this is like when we brought up Heyman before, the way he saw people's weaknesses and worked around them, and it worked out uh, even better than, than anything you could imagine. Jungle Boy looks so cool. He is such a, a, a person, when he's in the ring, it's always going to be a great match, and you're always going to root for him. Uh, don't let him, like, talk a lot. Figure out a way to make him... I almost want him to do Orange Cassidy's, like, thumbs-up gimmick. Because I, I, every time he talks, you're just like, I don't... I don't believe again. It's an age thing where I think maybe his like vocal cords haven't even caught up to to an adult man yet. I don't know. Something odd is happening. Every time he talks, he reminds me of T.S. from All Rats. <laughs> Every time he sounds like, like he's practicing a high school play. Like yes. we're in an auditorium right now practicing, and it's 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 three thirty, and, and school just ended. It's still weird that they turn Luchasaurus heel, then put him back with Jungle Boy. Like I don't know. I'm guessing the ultimate payoff is. That Luchasaurus will turn back, but I, I think the thing is, it's like it's uh, it's uh, it, it it lets him grow as a man. Like even Luchasaurus gets to be more serious now, and that's how they kind of do it. I don't know. So you're taking the only act you had that plays well with kids, <laughs> yeah, that could sell merchandise, and you're making it dark and edgy with profanity. Genius. Uh, this next, okay, so the Bucks are in the back and they're sad, and then Hangman walks by drinking. And then the Bucks try to go make amends with Hangman, but the Dark Order shows up to go celebrate Hangman's birthday in the weirdest Saved by the Bell sketch I've ever seen. Yes, dude, listen. It was very Saved by the Bell, but did it not feel like it was supposed to be Saved by the Bell to the point where you enjoyed it or no? Because I enjoyed the hell out of him. I kind of enjoyed it. Like, it was stupid. It was so endearing and fun. It was so, like, after-school special. I just loved it so much. But is this what you should be doing with your former world champion like this to me, this, the, the closest I can compare this to and ultimately it paid off was Booker T being world champion and then winding up in like, or in a world championship program and then winding up with gold dust doing like wacky skits. Eventually it did work, but he never got back to that level again. Sure. But, but what you do have is a storyline that people were previously invested in, um, which is, you know, the hangman, Omega Bucks situation, which you have Omega coming back soon. You obviously have next week the Undisputed Era segment where the Bucks are going to probably try to pick Hangman, right? Unless Omega's cleared. And so you're going to get this storyline that feels really important while a, a tournament is going on. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a cool move for him right now. 
because what else do you do with him unless you fucking take, you know, uh, the TNT title really seriously again? But you, you can't have him fight Wardlow. So what the fuck do you do? No clue. Yeah. Uh, that's that's part of. The I like it. I like it for right now. now. But yes, after this, he needs a a serious singles feud that works out because it hasn't happened since Omega. Uh, but I think this will be really really good. Well, at least you're treating the tag titles seriously. So we got Swerve Strickland against Tony <laughs> Nese and Smart Mark Sterling in a two-on-one handicap match. Um, and and you had uh, Chekhov's Woods by flashing back to show you, oh, don't you remember on that episode of Dark Elevation that they were recruiting Josh Woods? And sure enough, who attacks Keith Lee in the back, but Josh Woods. Yeah, that was, that was uh, off. That was very off. And I like Josh Woods, too. I don't think I've seen enough of him, though. He's good. He's really good. But this wasn't. I hope it's a thing where they fight. You know, it's quick. This is a this is a two week thing. This happens at Quake at the who gives it. What is it called? Quake at the uh, Quake at the Quake. Quake. I don't know. Quake at the lake. Quake at the lake. Whatever it is, it's pretty stupid. It sounds like something like a Coliseum home video. Yeah, it really, really. Yeah, to the point where part of the theme should be like the graphics are bad during the episode. Well, it also took away from like Christian and Jungle Boy in this blood feud. And then they're oh, like, okay. like, I'm going to murder you at Quake at the lake. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and, and it was the same about I Want Lionheart when Moxley said it. Yeah. At Quake at the lake, you're like, dude, no. Make, make It sounds so indie-rific. Uh, speaking of indie-rific, the House of Black. Uh, talk about Miro and Darby. And rather than talk about this video package, I want to talk about the fact that Brody King legitimately got a Darby Allen tombstone tattooed onto his body. Yeah, do you think that's cool? I liked it. I mean, it, it, here's the thing with, with Brody has so many tattoos. It'll get lost in the show. Like, if you see him in person, he looks like a coloring book. Yeah, there's, I, I remember Punk, you know, being a kid and, and, and him talk, like listening to him talk about tattoos where it's like, no, there's things I like and 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 I'm not, you know, I'm not stingy enough to be like to go against it someday and be like, no, I don't like it. It's like I like pizza. There's a piece of pizza on me, you know, and this Brody, this Brody um, Darby thing is they're also good friends and they have really good matches together and they will continue to have really good matches together in the future. And so it's not just that it's like, oh, man, this is me and my buddy, you know, in yeah, reality. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I get it. I just I, I think it's kind of fun. Honestly. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Well, remember that was what Punk wanted uh, Jericho to do to him in, in, in their feud leading yes. up to WrestleMania. Yeah, it was tattoo him. But Vince doesn't understand what tattoos are. Yeah. Uh, next up, we get a, a main event anywhere in the world. Uh, Miyu uh, Yamashita versus Thunder Rosa. Um, this was not very good. Will Will we say this? It was because of Thunder Rosa. Yes. Right? Wasn't that a bummer? Damn. Yeah, Mia, she, uh, sorry, I, I can't say her name, was, was so great, I thought. I felt like she was good. Rosa seemed lost. Yeah, man. This whole run has been kind of weird. And it Love sucks because I was excited about it. And it's like, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do at this point other than maybe they, they, they got to figure out a way to cut bait and put it on someone else. But I don't even know who outside of like a Chris Statlander who's super over, but she's involved in all the Jade stuff. Yeah, that's TNT title stuff, yeah. Uh, then we got our main event. TBS. Yeah. Brian Danielson bravely comes back from yet another head injury to <laughs> lose to Danny Garcia. And the fact that he agreed to this booking means he should not have been cleared to wrestle on Dynamite. 
Scott. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I do like the storyline of, you know, you came back too soon. You jumped the gun. You know, you're uh, you're being reckless. I loved the moment when it first happened, when he when he did the drop kick from the top rope and then he didn't get up. I thought that was really cool. And as it happened, parts of it bugged me where I was like, oh, this is kind of too real for me. And you're playing off of it. But knowing that it was probably Danielson insisting on it and stuff like that, I thought it was a really, really cool way to get, to get Daniel Garcia when I thought the, what did Jericho say when, when Hager's hand came up to, uh, to, for the, for the screwy finish, he was like, it's the hand of doom. Like that's that, those moments when Jericho does stuff like that, uh, I go, oh, he does get what this, what the Jericho Appreciation Society is supposed to be. And that is so fucking great. But, like too often he, he doesn't do stuff like that but i thought that was so funny and what and then you'll get like danielson fighting jericho after moxley and jericho right so hey i mean who's not excited for danielson versus hager <laughs> I mean, and you that's... get this like you get this like daniel garcia having this this bravado i don't know it's cool i mean it was look it was a fun show overall they they spotlighted some young talent it was nice having danielson back they're in that sort of limbo again where you're you're building to a pay-per-view that's pretty far off and you don't really have anything set for it. And there were a lot of guys who were not on this show. Like there was no FTR, no. there's no Claudio. Um it, obviously there's there's no punks since punks uh injured. There was just felt like there was a lot of people who weren't really on uh, no no Jade, no no Athena, like none of that whole storyline going on there. Uh, no, no Tony Storm. Just a lot of people who didn't really have any sort of presence. No Darby uh, in the ring in any capacity. They mentioned him, and that was about it. Um, they, they just feel like they have so many people. It's hard to really get your hands around what's going on week to week. And it's a weird thing where they have so many people, but I don't want a, another show. You know, Rampage they have, right. and they don't use it in a way that they that they could. And I think part of it is because the time slot is a bit shit, and so why why really really push stuff forward on something that a lot of people are not going to uh see you know um yeah i think i think you know leading up to all out there's going to be a, a boom i think right now we're having summertime i think literally they let mjf have a summer vacation which i'm not saying it's the smartest move but i think he will be back and i think things will feel more on track yeah that's uh, that's pretty fair i think once I hope, a lot of right? the guys are back once Punk's back, Omega's back, MJF's back, you're building to a pay-per-view. Maybe having Wardlow on TV once in a while, that'd be kind of nice. I feel like they... Uh, Maybe have Wardlow uh, do the trios thing. <laughs> by himself? Yeah. Dude, I would love that. Or like a Miro with just like two of the biggest jabronis ever, you know? But but he gets, he advances very far. Like when so Braun had like him that wrestling little kid. Three guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. All right. So we're going to do a, a quick preview of SummerSlam because uh, we'll cover that for the main show next week. Uh, but uh, the Mysterios, Ray and Dominic versus Judgment Day with Rhea Ripley. Who you got? Ooh. It has to be Judgment Day, right? They're brand new. It's got to be, but they keep beating them clean. But yeah, I think it's going to be Judgment Day. Uh, and the fact that they're reintroducing Ray's daughter to TV, maybe that'll play into it. Um, yeah. I do hope that the reason why Rhea's screwing with... Uh, Ray's daughter is she on camera was the girlfriend of Buddy Murphy oh I love that that'd be fun uh Logan Paul and The Miz 
I think this will be good because I think this will be switched to a tag match where it's Miz and Ciampa versus uh, uh, Logan Paul and a returning Johnny Gargano. What you have is um, you have this illusion that, oh, my God, Triple H got his boy in here. How cool, you know, even though I think it was going to happen. And you have a match with Logan Paul where he doesn't have to to wrestle as much. And you have a great match with Ciampa and Gargano. And people won't boo Logan because they're going to want Johnny Gargano to win. I generally agree with it, though I would probably use AJ in this spot as opposed ah, to Logan Paul. But isn't AJ with, uh, with Ziggler right now? Yeah, but they're not doing anything on the show. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch in a rematch of Mike's Match of the Year last year. Yeah, I think this is going to go long. <laughs> to- yeah. <laughs> because last year was so short. Yeah, this is going to be a moment of of getting to correct uh, 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 an injustice that some people feel, which was kind of an intentional justice. They wanted you to be mad about it. So now I think you're going to get this moment. Or are you going to get a turn? Are you going to get Bianca turning now? Uh, I think you, you, could, you could do a turn here. You could do a double turn. The challenge is waiting on Rhea to get healthy. You know, this is a replacement match. This was originally going to be the Bianca Belair-Rhea Ripley feud. You still haven't done Bianca and Rhea, so you could keep the title on Belair, but then it's like, well, then what's Becky going to do going forward? She's already kind of the crazy lady. Yeah, she, only should, so- she should start fighting smaller dudes. She she should start fighting smaller dudes. Jonathan <laughs> Gresham's available. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, that guy. Uh, Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. Hmm. I hope Rhonda is willing to lose clean because that's what should happen. Yeah, I have a feeling that they're they're going to try to get behind Liv. Uh, if for no other reason, then Charlotte can be the one to, you know, crush Liv Morgan at some point at, you know, Survivor Series or something like that. Yeah. Um, the Usos and the Street Profits with special guest referee, J-E-double-F, ha-ha, J-A-double-R-E-double-T. Double J, double J, Jeff Jarrett. What is his involvement? I don't even get it. He's the special guest referee. But like who, who can, doesn't it feel like, like uh, it's like, it, it brings ne- negative points to it. Like he's not a surprise. He's like the opposite of a surprise. It's almost like he's a VP who's friends with the guy who was the head of creative at the time. <laughs> who also both have podcasts on the network that we are sometimes the, a part of. The Jeff Jarrett is, is famous thing is like one of the most interesting things ever to me. He, yes. He, I, I know. I understand the, the hard work that he put into TNA and, and stuff and God bless him for that. But Jeff Jarrett, like on the mic, Jeff Jarrett wrestling. It's like, who, who cares? If he in any way, shape or form ruins this match, I, I, I went, overboard on the money in the bank match i loved it at the time I was like this could be for me a contender for match of the year i just had an absolute blast watching that match if Jarrett in some way dampens this match i'm gonna be super pissed yeah well he is because he's gonna be there yeah he's gonna be there and be a pain in the ass My having, guess, having just lost to rick flair yeah no the flair match is the day after oh it's the day after because saturday what wow. you think flair is... you think you think they let Flair? You think they advertise Flair? No, I think they have enough sexual predator issues you think at Triple the moment. H loves Flair. I All don't right. think so. Uh, um, yeah, you're right. You're right. 
Lashley in theory? Ooh, I think theory, unless again, they're trying to do because they do it with everybody. If they wanted to get over, they're going to make him an underdog for, for nine months. Yeah. I think they're going to keep the title on Lashley theory will lose. And you'll think he's done for the night. Uh, Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee, happy Corbin. Oh, brother, it's Pat McAfee. I don't know. Dude, I can't have Baron Corbin walking around on television being the guy who beat Pat McAfee. But Pat McAfee's energy on commentary, how much more it would be elevated if he's a guy who beat, you know, Corbin. That's cool. That's fun. He could, like, he could have more swagger, have more confidence. He could be louder than he already is. Looser than he already is. I think here's the problem. The problem is Pat and, and Baron are boys. And I feel like he would, uh, like McAfee will do whatever it takes to get Corbin over. So he'd be willing to lose to him. But, but you don't get Corbin over by beating a guy who he's always been beat and he's not a wrestler. But you do get McAfee over. And if they're boys, being boys goes both ways. Well, no, McAfee beat Theory. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Mm. Uh, in your main event, if they show up, Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman versus Brock Lesnar and the asterisk to this. Will we see Theory cash in? Ooh. I do not think you can take the title off of Roman Reigns right now because I think it will leave an impression on some people that Roman Reigns was a Vince McMahon champion, even though he, he is, you know, technically. Um, it will give the impression that Roman's championship leaves with Vince. And it, it there's like a, I don't know, it's just going to make it feel a little odd. You know, it's kind of like on Raw when, you know, he was making fun of theory for being like Vince's the, the guy Vince chose, where we all know, you know, that eight years that Roman wasn't over, he was the guy that Vince chose. Yeah, that is true. Um, I think it'll be Roman. He'll retain because the thing, the deal here is it's a last man standing. So you can beat Brock without beating Brock. Yeah, you, you, t- you, you, tr- you tie him to train tracks or something. You know? Exactly. You, you, you make him sit and watch a Danny Garcia promo and the dude's out <laughs> like a light. And then maybe Theory comes out with the briefcase, doesn't wind up cashing it in, gets laid out, and that's your ending. Mm-hmm. Um, and- oh, I think, I think he could lose the cash in. I think that's also like maybe a symbolic moment of like, you know, putting the boots in what you think we may do or what you thought storylines were going to be, even though that will continue to build him. In the moment, you think, "Whoa, they did it! Fuck him!" I'd Fuck save Theory. him. To, I'd save him to beat uh, Cody, oh, but okay. that's that's just me. Uh, but yeah, that's SummerSlam. We'll be recapping SummerSlam next week. Oh, also, Seth Rollins will be fighting somebody, oh, yeah. right? Who we you got? Who, though. It could be a returning Orton if he's not hurt, right? Could be a returning Orton if could Orton's be not hurt. If, if they really want, like, hey, fan service, we love you. You know, you pay John Cena so long as John Cena is willing to associate himself with Vince. So so close to it happening i don't know i think you seen as a guy you have to advertise to sell tickets mm, i don't okay. think he's a surprise people are saying gargano is who they want i i don't know about that that's that feels a little a little off um i really hope it's not and i much i love the guy i hope it's not like oh it's gonna be ziggler yeah but you know i guess we'll we'll see maybe it is orton maybe orton is is cleared in time and that's gonna be the big surprise or maybe by some miracle, Cody is cleared enough to do a couple moves. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll be talking about SummerSlam next week. We got a roast next week. I don't have it in front of me. 
Uh, and I doubt that Scott remembers who it is since we both forgot we've watched the same pay-per-view twice. <laughs> but uh, that's going to bring us to high spot, low spot. Scott, what was your high spot of the week? High spot was that Ring of Honor show. I thought the show in, in and of itself was really, really good. I thought every match felt like it mattered. And it was just, uh, it also didn't feel like AEW. It felt like its own thing. And it felt important for the night, at least. You know, it didn't feel important on Dynamite this week. But for the night, it felt really good. Uh, also, I'll bring my, my my low spot is whatever was going on behind the scenes with Gresham and Tony. Um, and, you know, I, I do feel bad that Gresham lost the title this quick. Uh, and I wish they, I don't know, it's hard to like honor his uh, title run, right? But you can tell there's like an issue. Well, obviously there is. Gresham cursed him out after. And so that sucks. I, I hate to see that. Tony needs to get better at communicating it. That seems to be an issue with like, you know what it is? It's like the WWE has all these, like the way they communicate. It's there's so many people you try to reach out to, to try to contact or whatever. But Tony, it seems like he just texts everybody. So if he's not texting you, you, you don't work there, even though you do work there. Does that make any sense? That's exactly how it is. And it's a bummer. And so it's like, you, you do need to somehow make a, do something where you, no matter what, are communicating with everybody on a weekly or biweekly basis, catching them up. And, you know, hey, I know that's a lot of phone time, but you, you have to do something. There has to be like some sort of check in where people feel like they at the very least fucking work for you. You need a person. You need a guy, your right hand man. You, I've always said he needs a Patterson. He needs a guy that's going to be the one that's going to communicate to the talent. And, and be able to, to convey that stuff. Because the Gresham thing is my low, my low spot for a couple of reasons. I think first, him coming out with Boo Boo Face is super unprofessional. Um, you really yep. haven't seen a blatant, like, I'm going to lose. I don't like this in a long, long time. Yes, yeah, since, since Austin Aries was, uh, was a name people spoke out loud. Since Austin Aries before he got canceled. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then the whole thing with him and Tony and then him getting angry about people body shaming him online for being short. It's like, dude, you're in a business that is almost entirely predicated on look. And you own the fact that because of your height, you're still a badass. And and you go and you kill people. Are people going to make jokes about it? Of course they are. People make jokes about everything when it comes to professional wrestling. You know, if we mentioned Adam Cole on this show. It's generally going to be a, a, a joke about his height. But in terms of a talent, in terms of a performer, we don't disparage Adam Cole. In fact, um, Mike made a point of saying, in spite of Gresham being a 5-3, he likes Gresham and thinks he overcomes it. We don't really notice it with Danielson or with Pac. Um, but to, to kind of use that and just attack people, it feels like a weird cop-out. Yeah, you have to own it. I mean, the thing with Rey Mysterio is it it was like, he is sure. And, you know, it, it would service, Ad, you know, an Adam Cole or a Gresham. Well, then they do do this with Gresham, but I mean, Khan didn't do anything with Gresham, but you acknowledge like, wow, they aren't as big as people and they're still making this happen. And, you know, you, you literally make up reasons like Kevin Kelly. That's why he's my favorite announcer. Um, I got a new Japan mention. Uh, he is so good at kind of like configuring the way people look and move into why they might have an advantage like i think that's always important you know so you go oh adam cole he's small which means this like you make up a fucking thing right and i love when announcers go and do that oh, but, i love it but gresham getting mad about it and then quitting ring of honor especially when tony came out and said 
our plan all along was Claudio was going to win the title. Like we didn't, we had to bring Claudio out earlier because of injuries uh, and put him into that, uh, the barbed wire match. But before that even happened, our plan all along was debut Claudio at the pay-per-view to win the title. So it's not like this was, you know, a spite job, a reactionary. And quite frankly, all due respect, Jonathan Gresham, um, if you're launching Ring of Honor, Claudio is the name you go with. Your titles are on Claudio, Samoa Joe, and FTR. Yeah. That's going to get more eyeballs on it than, you know, Jonathan Gresham or, or Josh Woods or whoever else people were not paying attention to at ROH. Uh, my, my high spot of the week is, uh, is Triple H taking over for creative and talent relations. Uh, I know what this means for the talent. I know what this means for the producers. Uh, this is a real opportunity for people to work in a much more professional and composed and civilized environment. The, the Vince McMahon world of working for him on production is an absolute nightmare. The announcers talk about it. PAs talk about it. Writers talk about it. He can be erratic. He yells and screams. It's total chaos. And you have no one to talk to. Hunter used to know it back then. He would always commiserate of how miserable it is. And I think him coming into there now, if the only change he makes is a more harmonious backstage where people can go and do their job and have a talent relations department that treats them with enough respect to not put their stuff in garbage bags, I think everything's going to be a lot better in WWE. And to me, that's a, a huge, huge bright spot. So, uh, Scotty, what do you want to uh, what do you want to plug? Oh, I mean, this, our Patreon, our T-shirts, uh, you know, just type in WrestleRoast T-shirt on Google and I'm sure it'll be around, you know. Um, definitely our Patreon. I have, I also have another podcast with Mike Racine and Sean McCarthy called out for smokes, which is a lot of fun and not wrestling related. Uh, so check those things out. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at WW creative underscore I S H. Uh, the Facebook group is always, uh, an absolute blast. And, uh, depending on when you're listening to this on Friday, July 29th, our own Dan St. Germain will be part of the roast of Ric Flair. And if you're wondering why Scott and myself are not there, uh, kayfabe. And if you're wondering why Mike's not there, double kayfabe, double secret kayfabe. Uh, We've all had scheduling conflicts, Uh, but uh, support Dan, make him feel loved. And uh, SummerSlam will be a blast. I'll be live tweeting that show. Uh, We'll be dropping the Patreon for SummerSlam 02. Dan's going to carve out some time even though he's in Nashville to, to talk about it. And we'll be back next week with a, a, another, uh, another exciting edition of Wrestle Roasts uh, where we'll be roasting someone. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me. And uh, look, I just, I just show up. They tell me what we're doing and I do it. I'm here just to not get fined. <laughs> so on behalf of Scott, Zach, Dan, Mike, and all of us here at Wrestle Roasts, best of luck in your future endeavors. Zach? Wash your hands, Vince. Ha, 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 ha.